DNA and solving crimes. If you commit a crime, your DNA is definitely going to be left. It's on everything, right? It is everywhere. Y'all's DNA is on the table, right? Yeah. So uh, we have uh, the mics. We have a clip. We're gonna we're gonna go and learn about DNA. Well, this is your DNA is. I was going to say, this is breakthrough technology that is not the same as the conventional DNA crime solving as we know it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Probably already in a database. You didn't have to provide a sample or give consent, but the unique sequence of A's, T's, G's, and C's that make you you are searchable nonetheless. So if you committed a heinous crime and left a bit of your DNA, law enforcement could search it in a database and identify you. Yeah, so uh, what they're going on about that is that you could have just been living your life as normal, never given your DNA to someone, right, and then... Your DNA could be in a database somewhere. Like you, you could not give it to someone. Like the, a government organization, a police entity, and your DNA is somewhere in a database. Or your family, already. your family has the same DNA yep. as you. Yep. Your sister or brother carries a lot of the same DNA samples as you do. Yeah. And if they got in trouble, then it's been I mean, submitted. I, or I, they signed up for a site like Twenty Three and Me or Ancestry dot com. Oh yeah. And submitted that DNA. I did. Then that. it's in a database. Did. I didn't do that. I did that. I, I knew what was coming. Right here. Oh, really? Yeah. Who are you? Where are you from? Angola. He, he doesn't know. So I am from. Uh, I'm 54 percent England and northwestern Europe. Okay. Oh wow. I am. Um, oh man. I, I'm told. You look really white. So I'm actually. <laughs> I'm five percent Sweden. Oh wow. How cool is that? But but from it's all cool. of this, from this, we can. Uh, and, I don't, and eight percent. Your I'll mom's probably a hot blonde, isn't she? How Joe, much from Joe, So what we learned Get from this here, is with your DNA, if your mom or your dad goes and commits a crime and they haven't done and they haven't submitted to this, their DNA is now in a database. Well, let's see what let's else. Video. This video includes a discussion of serious crimes, which may be disturbing for some viewers. So I wanted to let you know that up front. But I think it's necessary to talk about these crimes in some detail for reasons that will become apparent. In the small town of Visalia, California, in the mid-1970s, one of the state's most prolific criminals got his start. He Hmm. repeatedly broke into houses and stole small items, like cash, coins, and jewelry. He was dubbed the Visalia Ransacker, but soon (laughs) his crimes escalated. Ransacker. And he got away with it. Later, in 1976, he moves up to Sacramento, and over the course of the next three years, is moving all across Northern California, committing... Numerous sexual assaults, over 50 sexual Jesus. assaults. That's Here, he was called the East Area Rapist. Yeah, so, so he's doing this over and over and over again and not getting caught. So ransacking is like where you just go through somebody's house, right? right. So you yeah. just tear the hell out looking for anything. And then he, he went from stealing to raping. Oh, yeah. Well, it went from, yes, basically. basically yeah. So saying lock up tight. Sacramento's infamous East Area Rapist may still be in town. And then in 1979... He moves down to Southern California, starting in Santa Barbara, 
and starts killing. And he was known as the original Night Stalker in Southern California. Variously known as the East Area Rapist and the original Night Stalker, these were brutal, meticulously planned crimes that spanned numerous California counties between 1976 and 1986. Police believed that all of these crimes were committed by the same person, now known as the Golden State Killer. Yeah, so what, uh, you know, they can believe that <laughs> these are all being committed by the same people, but they weren't able to actually convict him is, is the thing. Right. Uh, so what we're seeing now is old crimes, or it doesn't matter when the crime was. If they have your DNA, this is now something like, DNA crime matching has been a thing for a while, but now if your brother, if your sister, if your mother has gone to 23andMe or whatever, submitted a DNA sample, if you haven't done that and then you go and you commit a crime and you leave trace amounts of DNA around and they find it, they can now pin it on you through something your yeah, relatives through your family members. Hey, hey, Jeff, we've got to call off that bank robbery. <laughs> yeah, you sent your shit to 23 and me, so when man. They started this in probably God. like mid 90s using DNA to solve crimes. Yeah, I think I think it was maybe towards the, the mid to late okay. 90s. Oh, so yeah, so, yeah. so so are we saying like just look, don't commit crimes and your DNA won't be there. Well, if you want <laughs> to see if if you guys see Minority Report with Tom Cruise, I with, no. with the eyeball thing, right? Oh, no, it's they predict crime and and he shows up Oh, just yeah, yeah. before the husband's about to plunge the gun or and the knife, him. and it's cool. So it'll get you thinking. I it's similar to this high-tech yeah. prediction stuff. Or was it minority. known that these were committed by the same person? Investigators were relying on MO. MO, modus operandi, is basically how a criminal will commit a crime. Who was wearing some uh, type of a mask or a hood. I was wearing shorts and a T-shirt. The Golden State Killer had a very distinctive MO. But he yeah, so basically what they're saying is um, back then they they couldn't get this DNA or they, they couldn't do anything with this DNA to pin it on someone. They basically, they could just collected it. They just, yeah, they collected it, but they were only able to determine if this crime was committed by the same person as this crime by similar operating styles, if you yeah. will. <laughs> do is he would break into a house with a gun, a uh, house with a man and a woman. He would uh, tie them up, tell the man, I'm going to put plates on your back. If I hear those plates move, oh, yeah. I'm going to kill your wife and then kill you. Take the wife into another room and sexually assault her. Then he would go through the house for however much time, oh, eating, stealing stuff, stealing little things or whatever, and then he would leave. How was he not caught based on fingerprint? evidence well he didn't leave his fingerprints he always wore a mask he always had gloves on this was an offender that did everything to prevent himself from being caught the golden state That's killer number one right there yeah so i mean they're they're <laughs> they should have known his background based on that but yeah the second thing really gives it away wow why did he get uglier through those <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> the These 12 murders 50 rapes and a string of burglaries throughout california damn it was party time. <laughs> All right. How's it going? How you doing? Good, good. So we supply DNA sequencing solutions to the forensic laboratories that okay. process crime scene DNA. At a crime scene, there's typically less than a nanogram of, of DNA left.
That is not Nanogram. much DNA. Yeah. Wow. That is not much. Do you know how, how how many uh, nanometers wide your hair is? No. 70,000. Wow. So that if he said one nanometer, dude, that's Nanogram, microscopic yeah. stuff you can't even see with oh, a powerful yeah. microscope. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Degraded. Right, so it breaks down. Do Why you is there so little? At a crime scene. A nanogram? Yes. That's insane. Yes. There's no accident that he stops in 1986. 1986 is when the first DNA case uh, of a murder case is actually solved with DNA. And so that tells you right I, there he works in law enforcement or something. Yeah. I mean, for him to know and stop like that. Yeah. So if, if, if the first DNA case was in 1996, I mean, we're coming. I mean, that's that's someone catch, uh, you know, solving a crime by matching this the, the criminal's DNA to the criminal's DNA, not the criminal's DNA to the criminal's sister's DNA or the criminal's mother's DNA. This is that was specific towards that person. specific towards that person. And now we're, we're like, <laughs> we're, we're getting, let's rock on here. See, he's just... following that. And he's saying, you know what, what I'm doing here, I'm, I'm leaving my DNA. I can't do this anymore. Investigator Paul Holes tracked the Golden State Killer for decades. He couldn't account for DNA technology, and that really was his big mistake. That was the critical mistake. He left his DNA all over California, and it turns out that three of the cases, I had three sexual assault kits, and that's where I got the Golden State Killer's DNA from Northern California. Yeah, so that was the end of that video there. But, I guess, I, but wait, did they, were they able to identify him? They were and so making this video, yeah. continues on, and I think so, yeah, they, so this, they ended up tracking it through a company like Ancestry.com or Twenty yeah. Three and Me of a family member that had submitted their DNA information just to learn where they were from. But because he was a family member, they were able to track it to his sisters and brothers. Did yeah, the family so, members get in trouble? So or? was there a no, conviction? No. Did they catch it? Yeah, and it they ended up finding a direct match to him. Wow. Yeah, and so like the video, it went on for another. And they can cool. they cannot but, use like directly twenty three and Me or Ancestry's database, but there's a volunteer database that you can also submit your information to. And one of his family members did that, and that's how they were able to track it back. And it was and one match. of his family members surely. I mean, obviously, so, do, the, do we have a picture? I'd like to see what the guy looked like. I mean, who? Yeah, was he? I don't think we, we have, don't have that. We don't have the Golden that right State now. Killer, right? But yeah, I mean, it's it's. Where, where where we've come? Wow, is, boy, he was prolific, man. Fifty rapes, dozens you, of burglaries. Dude, you can do the best you can to to leave your DNA out of it, but at some point you're going to drop a hair follicle, and you're obviously not going to know something is going to fall. Oh and, yeah, and you can go the rest of your life knowing that you've committed fifty rapes, however many murders, right? And you can be careful. You wear gloves to every single restaurant you go to. You never go in public. You always order DoorDash. Well, never go out, right? And then if your sister does, oh, I want to see where I'm from, and then she submits to, not 23andMe, but, you know, one of those, uh, sure, she submits to 23andMe and then takes that package that she gets and sends it to some, you know, uh, open source DNA database. It's quite remarkable. Or if thing. the FBI, you know, I'm sure there's some way they could get this information if they had to. Yeah. Like they could get some court roll, rolling and get access to this. So oh, sure. I, I, I guess to, not, you like know, not that it's a bad thing. I mean, it could be a very good thing of solving crimes. But one problem that could come from it is that your DNA could happen be at a crime scene that 
you had nothing to do with. Yeah, and I mean, I guess that would be the that, that's to me very scary. That's the scary part of that is that they could try to pin something on you that you. Yeah, if you were just passing, you, like if you were at a friend's house and your friend decided to kill his wife after you left, yep, and you had you know gotten a boo boo there, you tripped on the the rug or something, and yeah. you know, like what if they pin that on you, like. Yeah. Yeah, so, well, I, I saw that guy I, I lying. Feel like, I, I feel like with that, the the only way to do those DNA crimes would be a like repeat offender. Like they would have to have multiple times at multiple locations. Because if you just did it at one location, I mean, there's DNA everywhere. Yeah, but a lot yeah. of times, with most a lot of these crimes are sex crimes, and there's no denying semen uh, yeah. uh, being found on yeah. a woman's body. Give me a break. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. Well, well I, I'm talking about other crimes. Other yeah, than but that. yeah, I mean that's still. But, I mean, hell, still you could walk by and spit on the sidewalk, and then 15 and then, minutes later, there's a gangland shooting. The guy falls on your spit. That's what I'm saying. And the cops take him in. They're going over his shirt, and they say, "Well, shit, this was." Bob Benton shot this bastard. <laughs> well, no, they wouldn't do that. There also could be a setup you would situation submit, you where would if you submit set somebody your, up. your DNA to figure out what your Good ancestry point. is. Yes, sir. Nobody's going to deny I mean, it. There like, could oh, be your benefits. DNA matches. There could be benefits and, and negatives to that. I mean, it could be a good thing or it could be a really bad thing because they could, like the m- minority report, he didn't want to kill that kid, right? Right. And it, it could be a similar situation. Yeah, they talked about how it got out of control. And so, you know. That's yeah. it's scary. It it's, is scary. It, it's scary, and but it's cool at the same time. It's, it's scary. It's, yeah, It you, makes a good story, but it's a nightmare if it ever really just don't, gets Hey, cooking. look, just don't get, you know, don't commit crimes. Right. Also, you also get make sure you and your family don't submit to those DNA places. <laughs> Stay out of it. You won't well, see my me brother, I'm not going to do crimes, did. but I'm not going to submit to it. Well, you're in the database, Bob. He, he just wanted to find out whether or not we had any American Indian in us. That's what. what well, that's why I did it. I'm, yeah. I'm actually well, part, we part have, Cherokee. We have zilch. That's what I say. My mom did it, and so that means, like, I'm not going to commit any crimes. It doesn't matter. But yeah. I'm in the database now, and, you know, it doesn't even, and this is start, this starting with crimes. You didn't choose to be. Yeah, this is starting with crimes. What if this expands to more than crimes? Like, what if what if the government, I don't want to say steals, but the government takes these databases from someone, and now they can do whatever they want with my DNA. They know <laughs> they know my mom, and they say, oh, we want him. It's right? an invasion of do privacy. Do we want to talk about DNA control and again and get back into COVID? I'm no, telling no. you, that's well, what's no, going no. on. What I want to <laughs> Thanks, everybody. So, yeah, <laughs> I, what, I, what I want to talk about is how you guys should definitely like and subscribe to this because this... Uh, definitely, it, we need your support. Yeah, we're going to be posting lots more content, so please. Uh, yeah, every day. If you don't click on like, I'm going to smash this perfectly good iPhone, all right? That's don't do threat. it, Bob. Anyway, guys. Don't make him do it. We'll see you next time. See you next see time. You.